Me Time and Murder is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to part two. It is the same day. I am still drinking the water. For Me Time, I am going to finish drawing the victims of today's case. Anyway, quick recap. Yes, today we're in Craig Woods. In part one, I covered the awfully horrible childhood that was Brendan O'Donnell's, as well as his escalation of psychosis and true true crime and crime. They seem to go hand in hand. The worse his mental state got, the worse his crimes got. He kidnapped Imelda Riney and her toddler son Liam shooting them in the forest and burying their bodies in a shallow grave. And that's kind of where we left off part one. Um, the Guardi were not moving. They couldn't really care less that Imelda and Liam were missing. They thought that she had taken an impromptu trip. Meanwhile, Imelda's ex-husband Val is desperately trying to get the media involved and get the locals, get everybody, open their eyes, look for Amelda. She's here somewhere, right? Oh yes, and thank you to today's Patreon for requesting this episode, Lou Marie. Thank you, Lou Marie. After Val's appeal on the news, pleading for help and information on Amelda and Liam that same Tuesday night, 37-year-old father Joe Walsh went missing from his home in Air Court a 40-minute drive from Whitegate. Father Joe was said to be quiet, hard-working and a sincerely caring person. Of course, it was Brendan. It is thought that Father Joe was carjacked as he was driving after dropping a parishioner off home late Tuesday night. Brendan held him captive for hours. Father Joe tried to talk sense into Brendan, tried to make the young disturbed boy see reason but Brendan wouldn't have any of it Father Joe offered him money offered him his watch but Brendan was not interested in that even though he was planning on robbing the post office just a few days prior like does he not need money anymore Brendan made Father Joe drive the two of them to Craig Wood Apparently, Father Joe told Brendan that Brendan could kill him as long as Brendan, like, promised to not hurt anyone else after. It's like he's self-sacrificing, Father Joe. In the forest, Brendan knelt Father Joe on his knees. Brendan stood behind him and shot the innocent man in the back of the head. Father Joe died instantly. This time, Brendan couldn't be bothered to dig a grave for Father Joe. And unfortunately, he disposed of him in a forest drain. Brendan then drove Father Joe's blue opal Astra to Williamstown Harbour, a 15-minute drive away from Craig Wood at Williamstown Harbour, Brendan again set the car on fire. This time he didn't take off the license plate. 
The next morning, Wednesday the 4th of May, Father Joe was reported missing immediately when he didn't show up for Mass on Wednesday morning. Father Joe's car was found burnt out just a few miles away from Imelda's home. The car was quickly identified as Father Joe's and Gardy launched a search for the missing priest. Now, can I just point out that Father Joe is missing for a few hours and they find his burnt out car and immediately a search is launched. But also, Imelda and Liam were reported missing or were attempted to be reported missing by Val like nearly a week ago at this point and nobody's looking for them no search no search by the guardy has been launched but a search is launched for the priest within hours maybe the priest just took a impromptu vacation or trip why would you immediately be searching for him after a few hours but not for a mother and child also a little red car was found burnt out in the area that Amelda was seen last why 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 is there no sense of urgency over this multiple locals reported to the guardy that they had seen Brendan O'Donnell driving Father Joe's blue car the manhunt was on for Brendan It wasn't until Saturday, the 7th of May, three days after the discovery of Father Joe's car, that the first burnt-out car in Craigwood was finally identified as Imelda's. Obviously, eight days after Imelda and Liam went missing. Finally, the guard announced that they were searching for three missing people now. And, I mean, it's, it's... I don't know why they're doing like a search and rescue like it seems a bit late for that no it's been over a week her car is burnt out there was signs of abrupt departure from her home like this should be an immediate murder investigation no they need dogs forensic experts people looking at cctv footage like they're too late anyway so yes the main suspect was the shady forest squatter brendan o'donnell and his face was plastered all over the newspapers the full force of county clare guardy were out looking for amelda liam father joe and of course brendan guardy divers had dragged the surrounding waters where the priest's burning car was found but they find no evidence there. There was helicopters and armed forces combing the whole area of Whitegate, looking for clues. Gardy made an appearance on the news, appealing for Brendan to turn himself in. They knew it was him, and he knew they knew. Brendan knew it was only a matter of time until the Gardy found him. Panicked, he broke into a house and kidnapped a 17-year-old girl, Fiona Sampson. At gunpoint, he forced Fiona to drive him out of the White Gate area. Poor Fiona, petrified and barreling down the road, lost control of the car and crashed. Thankfully, this crash wasn't too bad, but it did create a scene 
and the helicopter spotted the crashed vehicle. Brendan pulled Fiona from the car and dragged her for three miles through Craig's woods. Fiona all the time in her bare feet. Her bare feet were cut, battered, bashed and bruised running through this wet, dirty forest. With the guardy and her father in pursuit. Like they were, they were after them. They knew, they could see him. They could find, they were following. When Brendan and Fiona reached an open road, Brendan tried to hijack at gunpoint a local farmer's car, Eddie Cleary. But Eddie, without hesitation, bravely managed to pull the gun from Brendan. As it went off, it shot a hole in the roof of the car. The guardy arrived on the scene, screeching to a halt. Fiona was petrified. She had blood splashed all over her feet. She whimpered in pain and fear, still in her nightie. Where is Imelda and Liam? Tell us where the priest is. The guards shouted, demanding to know. Brendan refused to answer. Brendan was pushed to the ground, handcuffed and taken away. Fiona and Eddie were shaken but unharmed. Both were taken to the hospital to be treated for shock. Now that Brendan was in custody, the search continued to find Imelda, Liam and Father Joe. On Saturday evening, Father Joe would be the first to be found in Craig Wood. He was found above ground with one shot to the back of the head. The next day, Sunday the 8th of May, Imelda and Liam were found in their shallow grave only 20 feet from where Father Joe was found. Amelda was shot in the eye at point-blank range and poor little Liam had been shot in the left side of his head. Amelda's ex, Val Balance, was taken to the scene to identify Amelda and Liam. Like, what the fuck, is that really necessary? Does he have to go to the scene? Like, aren't they covered in dirt and blood and like is that necessary couldn't they have been cleaned up first is that is that too much to ask for for poor Val after the way you treated him you continue to treat him badly by scarring him for life Imelda and Liam were brought to White Gate Church for the funeral many people came to pay their respects including the local primary school children who would have been soon Liam's classmates. Father Joe's funeral took place in Aircourt Village and this also had a huge turnout. Before Brandon could stand trial, psychiatric evaluation had to be done, obviously. So what do you think happened? Brendan had been in and out of psychiatric hospitals his whole life on and off meds for depression and psychosis. His medical records and running with the law were as long as the woods in which he was sleeping rough. And he is only 20. So clearly this man is fit to stand trial. The psychiatrists reported. Brendan amazingly was deemed fit to stand trial. Like, what the hell? On January 5th, 1996, Brendan appeared in criminal, criminal? Brendan appeared in criminal court in Dublin. He was faced with six charges, including murder, 
rape, unlawful imprisonment, and the illegal possession of a point two two point twenty two zero point twenty two rifle as well as its ammunition. Brendan denied all the charges and pleaded not guilty. Now, during the trial, Brendan could not attend every day because he was so unfit mentally. Apparently, when Brendan was due to be in court, he would be transferred to a mental hospital, then to the prison, and then transferred from the prison to the court. After court, he was then transferred up to the mental hospital again. To everyone involved, it all seemed a little dodgy. Like, if he was so fit to stand trial, why is he being transported back and forth from a mental hospital? Also, during the trial, the trial was delayed because Brendan tried to kill himself. However, despite him quite obviously being psychiatrically unfit and not present, the trial continued. First of all, it was established that there was absolutely no connection between Father Joe and Amelda Riney. At the trial, Brendan's teacher from primary school described in court that Brendan was the most disturbed child he had ever taught. In his 22 years of teaching, during the trial, Brendan tried to claim that he was in a relationship with Amelda, and so the sex was consensual. However, Amelda's post-mortem proved this not to be the case. He, Brendan did indeed rape Amelda. When Brendan was asked, why did you murder Amelda? especially if you were in a relationship, why did you murder her? Brendan told the court he had to murder Imelda because she was the devil's daughter. Oh, it's not good. It's not good. Oh dear. At trial, Brendan claimed that Liam didn't see his mother shot in the eye because Liam was standing quite a few feet away. But there's no way to verify this. It's very possible he was he witnessed it in his last moments. Brendan went on and he said he felt bad for Liam. He didn't want Liam to grow up without a mother like he had. This is why he shot little Liam. When it came to Father Joe Walsh, Brendan said that Father Joe Walsh also had to die because Brendan had to stop Father Joe from christening the devil's son. The defence for Brendan highlighted the hell that had been Brendan's short life, describing him as a badly damaged creature. However, the prosecution, they described Brendan as quite different, cunning, thinking rationally, and a clever, self-interested liar. And I think there are elements of both here. Yes, Brendan had an awful life. Mental health, loss, abuse, homelessness. But during his moments of lucidness, 
he was actually quite methodical in his planning. No? Do you agree? He burgled a house to get a gun and he kidnapped a woman for the getaway driver. Like, he made steps in the plan to rob the post office. Like, there was some structure, not the best structure, but there was some structure to his thoughts. And he did try to cover up the murders by burning the cars, and he did try to flee when authorities were looking for him. Like, he had the opportunity to give himself in, but it is very much self-interest, right? This reaction. But of course, his mental state cannot be ignored. Like, he is obsessed with the devil. He thought Amelda was the devil's daughter and Father Joe was going to christen the devil's son. And testimony from old teachers, you know, and yeah, it can't be ignored. I mean, it really seems like Brendan was not experiencing the same reality as everyone else. Anyway, what do you think? How do you think the jury found Brendan O'Donnell? On the 53rd day, the jury found Brendan guilty of all three murders. Brendan was given three life sentences and was immediately transferred to Arbor Hill Prison, where he attacked a fellow inmate and was promptly transferred to the mental hospital. When Brendan was a year into his sentence and still in the mental hospital, he deteriorated rapidly, physically and psychologically. Friends and family described him as a completely different person. On the 24th of June 1997, Brendan was found in his cell unresponsive. He was quickly transferred to St Vincent's Hospital, but he didn't make it and he was pronounced dead less than an hour later. There was an investigation into his death. The inquest heard that Brendan had confessed to being the son of Satan. We're back to all the Satan devil stuff. But he had also expressed like a deep remorse for his crimes days before his death. He said he felt extremely depressed and sorrowful over the deaths of Amelda, Liam and Father Joe. Brendan's psychiatrist told the inquest that the killer had died a depressed and broken man. Brendan claimed that he was constantly at war with himself and he was always trying to harm himself. At the inquest, the psychiatrist said that Brendan was one of the most complex, troubled patients he had ever known. Brendan had went on hunger strikes multiple times and attacked himself. Just a few days before his death, Brendan punched his hand through a glass pane, a pane of glass. The pathologist said that he believed Brendan died from a fatal intoxication of a tranquilizer called Meloril, which had been given to him. So essentially, Brendan had a heart attack from a severe reaction to this tranquilizer. The jury returned the verdict as death by misadventure, which I don't really understand. Like, if he was given a tranquilizer and he had a reaction to it, it's not really Brendan's fault, isn't it? Somebody else's fault for maybe giving him a tranquilizer that didn't react well with him. Maybe it was too strong. 
maybe he had a heart condition and nobody cared to check. I feel like it's not Brendan's fault. Like, obviously, he deserves to be locked up. But, I mean, it's not his misadventure. It sounds like it was somebody else's misadventure. The Whitegate community did not rejoice at Brendan's death, but they were relieved that he would never be returning to Craigwood. Fiona, the 17-year-old girl that was kidnapped by Brendan, went on and became a nurse. And Amelda's oldest son, Oshin, followed in his mother's footsteps and is now a successful artist. Since the murders, a shrine has been made at Craig Wood, where the bodies of Amelda Riney and Liam Riney were found. Local residents criticised the Guardi, saying that the guards were unnecessarily slow in mounting a full-scale search. Very unprofessional. It is very sad that the detention and health services failed Brendan at such a young age. He should have had professional intervention instead of being drugged and raped as a child. And this case is infuriating because of the guards as well. Like, if they weren't so slow to react to Imelda and Liam... They could have stopped Brendan from kidnapping Father Joe. Like, Father Joe Walsh was completely unnecessary. They could have got him. But the guards didn't want to go after a blow-in. They didn't want to, they didn't want to help an outsider. And nothing was done about that, by the way. Nothing was, they were just criticised. Nobody was laid off. So what? what stops them from doing it again? Anyway... What do we think? I will probably work on it a little more. But I will put the finish here. I hope you like it. And that is the end of this crazy twisty case. I did not know it. I love these little known crimes. Like this guy doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. So you can imagine how long I spent reading articles about it I had to like filter google search news from 1990 to 1995 like you know like you used to do at uni to find like relevant different sources but yeah so it's great to do a case that that nobody knows thank you Lou Marie for requesting this case and I'm sorry for skipping you but I hope I made up for it um subscribe slam oh 